Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Good work today. Good work. Hey, uh, we'll talk more about work in a little bit here. I loved, I loved that, Pastor Dan. The Lord will bless the person who he created, not who you're pretending to be. Yeah, yeah. You only find who you really are in Christ. And so may that, may that, oh, that spoke to me. Thank you. Hey, let's just, as we turn to the word, let's just open in prayer. Oh, Father, your word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. So we invite you to split us in the name of Jesus. Cut open, Father, and speak the life of the word into us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we started a series last week called Good, 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 Good Vibration. I didn't sing it last week. I won't continue singing it now. We started with a bit of a science lesson. If you, if you did, weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go check out the podcast or uh, YouTube or Facebook just because uh, I can't do a full recap of, of where we started, but it is a good foundation to where we're going. Um, we were talking about sound waves. As you know, sound travels in waves and, uh, and, and depending on the, the frequency is lower or higher and the wave gets smaller or bigger. Sound, I said, ha- uh, uh, this isn't my making this up, it's true. Sound does not contain any matter whatsoever. Rather, it travels using matter by vibrating through the air, through the molecules in the air, water, liquid, gas. It needs that. We showed the, the Death Star in Star Wars blowing up in space. It would have made no sound, right? Because space has no matter to it, okay? Okay. Sound needs a medium in order to travel. One of my favorite things, if you want to hit play on that little video again, it has no sound, so you can just watch this. Um, this is a review from last week. Sound, when it, the frequency, every frequency creates a different pattern. In fact, the longer the frequency goes, the more strong the pattern comes into play. It creates patterns in matter. It matters. So as you can see, this dials through the different frequencies, different uh, frequencies, it changes. The point being this, this is all still review. Scripture tells us, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Okay, if all you do is exist and wander around the world and watch worldly media and listen to worldly songs and gossip, worldly gossip, like you will conform to that pattern, just like that sand. You have to be proactive in putting the word and worship and faith, and you surround yourself with those patterns, it will transform you. And those patterns are the ones that actually can move mountains and change circumstances. That's what faith is. Faith is the frequency of the Spirit of God. Scientifically speaking, sound changes things. I've, I've been doing more, more research and having some fun. Scientists are actually having extreme breakthroughs in the areas of Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, depression, and fibromyalgia simply by using sound frequencies. Changing the frequency and, and shooting it at your body, and your body starts to respond to it. Using sound waves, they can manipulate patterns and actually it helps ease pain symptoms in your body they can induce certain cycles of sleep they've done this in the lab where they have somebody sleeping and they start to just play frequencies and they can change what cycle of sleep you're in you know rem and you know all the different cycles using frequency I even read this one uh, scientific experiment where they took a, they took a tadpole or a, uh, a frog embryo and they took a salamander embryo 
and they shot the frequency, the natural resonant frequency, through the frog, it was either through the frog into the salamander or through the salamander into the frog, and actually changed the DNA makeup of the other embryo. Now, I, I don't, I, I, that, was, that was pretty remarkable. All this to say, sound is more powerful than we understand. So when we talk about, and we get to the word of God, and Romans 10, 17 tells us, consequently, faith comes by there's something profound there. And you can, you can dance around it all you want. That doesn't make any sense. Listen, I understand it doesn't make sense. But the more I input and listen to the frequency of faith, the word of God, it changes and actually magnifies and increases the, the decibel output of the faith in my life. It will change you. It will change you. In fact, even scientifically speaking, the neurons in your brain, when, when, you, when you start to have patterns, and your brain recognizes a pattern that it's been inputted in, good or bad, it rewards you, okay? Or punishes you if it, it gives you the fight or flight reflex. But more specifically, when, when it comes to, have you ever, your song, your song comes on the radio. <laughs> Boom, that's my jam! Come on. For each of you, it's probably a different song, right? But when that comes on, here's what's, here is what is actually happening in your brain and in your body. Okay? This is scientific. You, your brain recognizes a pattern that it likes, and it rewards you with drugs. It does. It releases dopamine into your brain. And you get the rush of feely goods all over. It has created a pattern in your life. And so you're like, that's my jam, crank that up. Why? Because I just got a hit of dopamine. Your brain rewards you for, good, for the patterns you like. Now, I want to take it one step further without stepping on toes. Well, Dale just cut, tucked his toes in. Okay. And I'm not going to deep dive into this. This isn't my main point today, but it's still a good point. Just because your special worship song comes on and it hits you just right doesn't make it worship for you. Like for me, if I hear the song, as the deer panteth for, I love the song because it gives me, a, it, listen to me, I'm being careful, it gives me a dopamine hit that doesn't make it worship for me. It means I like it. Worship is something altogether different. Praise has to engage your faith. Now, yes, we all like primarily to worship to the songs that we were saved to, right? Whether it was the Gaithers or Lecrae, or I don't even know. Or a Hill Song, whatever it is. Those songs, they're your jam for a reason because it's associated with good things. And yes, you can worship to those things. You can praise to those things. But just because you get that dopamine pattern hit doesn't mean you're worshiping. Many of us are trying to, we, we organize our lives just for dopes. We do. I will only worship to this. And if it's anything else, I won't do it. Guess what? You're not worshiping God. You're worshiping your own addiction. You're worshiping a, do a dopamine hit. Now, please, I, I love certain songs, and, and if I had my way, sometimes I'd tell the worship team, could you hit this song? Right? Because I like certain songs. And just because you get a dopamine hit doesn't also mean you're not worshiping. I want you to understand that. I'm not saying, saying that that's wrong. But I am saying praise and worship. And there's also something altogether different when the Spirit of God hits you. It's much different than a dopamine hit. It's an overwhelming thing. And, 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 and you can, this is how you can start to be shrewd and, and wise as a serpent. You can recognize the difference between the simple dopamine hit and the Spirit of God. Because the world also gives you dopamine hits. It... it does the same vibration over and over until you start sinking to it. And yeah, you like hear, oh, this is my thing. But it's wrong. But I'm still getting the hit. That doesn't mean it's good. And so I can also tune myself into the spirit. I can tune myself into good things and surround myself 
with good things. Next week, we're going to actually deep dive into worship and praise in this series. Um, So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Remember, not everything that resonates with you is a good thing or a true thing. It just simply means this happens to be probably what I've been spending the most time in the frequency of, so I recognize it more. You're a tunable instrument, okay? We are very tunable, and that is a good thing. It's how God made us. If you've ever, ever, has anybody ever read like a motivational book? Right? How to win friends, influence people, whatever. You know, if you're a businessman or you're like, you listen, you know, oh, I got to self-help. And listen, one of the constant themes you're going to hear in these books, and it's a true thing, scientific, it works, is how tunable you are to repetition of something. Out loud, telling yourself something, right? So they tell you to set goals, tape them on your mirror, and repeat them to yourself over and over. Because truthfully, subconsciously, and we're, we're going to get into the word today, trust me, okay? But truthfully, how your brain is made is when I start to repeat and I look at that and I say it over and over, my brain subconsciously tries to create pathways to make it happen. It's, it's, it's fascinating. And I would urge you to use that to your advantage and create pathways to good things and godly things in the word of God. It's how we are made. We say, I have to understand the word to believe it. No, you need, to, you need to fill yourself with the word and you'll start to see it manifest around you. One of my verses of the year, uh, I, I picked this just the other day, is Psalm 1, verse 3. And it says this, They are like trees growing beside a stream, trees that produce fruit in season and always have leaves. Those people succeed in everything they do. I saw that and I circled it 49 times. Because who doesn't want to succeed in everything they do? And it's in the Word of God. It's fair game. Now you can mock me and judge me all you want, but I've written this on a piece of paper. It's part of my daily prayers. When I go to the Word, when I go to prayer, I say that, and here's what I say. Hey, Lord, I produce, free, I produce leaves every, in season and out. I bless everybody around me, and everything I do succeeds. And I say it, and I add faith, and I turn it into a prayer. Now, again, you can mock me all you want, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. If you speak the word, if you fill yourself with the word, you're going to see word patterns start to create. God patterns, Jesus patterns. But if all you do is fill yourself with the world message, you'll be no better than the world. Childlike faith. Let me ask you this question. How were you created? Not with mom and dad. I'm talking about, whoa, whoa, whoa. How were you created in the very beginning? How was mankind created? God said, okay. You read it in Genesis 1. God said light. Light. God said water. Water. God said animals. Animals. God said, let us make man in our image. Male and female, God created them. He spoke. So here's what I'm trying to say to you. You were created with audible vibration from God, the the mouth of God. And that is in you called a natural frequency. And I want to just tell you, sometimes you need frequency therapy to retune yourself back to the right frequency. Filling yourself, like, like this is why you're supposed to come daily to the Lord. Because you kind of get out of tune and out of whack, and you come to the Lord, and he tunes you back to the same tune when he said, let there be mankind. So when I come to the word, when I confess the praises of of the one who saved me, when I confess the name of Jesus, I'm tuning myself to the right frequency, to my natural frequency that God created me to be. God said, and there was. All right. That was all review. I'm going to get into something today 
I've stepped on enough toes, so I'm going to step on some more. I want to step into a fray that often is, well, it's, it's, a, it's a section of scripture that's often avoided in a lot of evangelical scripture uh, in churches, but, but uh, it's kind of the, the we're saved by grace versus, hey, we need to do stuff. Faith works. It's in James 2. So we're going to step into the fray today. It is the word of God. It will tune us. Okay? So, uh, amen, it's grace alone, you're saved. Get your act together, you hippie. Those are the two sides of the coin here. But let's see what James has to say in the word of God. James 2, verses 14 through 26, our main scripture today. It says this, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my, my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So, get out there and do something, you lazy, good-for-nothing people. Why aren't you all banging down the doors of our Tuesday food giveaway? Sinners. Why aren't you at our Sunday night prayer meetings, you sinners? How come you turned your head and pretend you didn't see that guy on the street earlier this week? Let's just close in prayer. <laughs> okay. You see the problem here. You see the problem here. Look at me. This is really important. Because if you left right now or turned, hit stop on the podcast right now, you would be in a real big bad spot. You'd be a slave. Problem is here. Works produced through guilt do not increase your faith. They increase your resentment. Works done by manipulation do not increase your faith. They increase your resentment. And what happens, because I know a lot of people that have been created this whole life of works around themselves, and they've created patterns of actual resentment and anger and hatred and, and bitterness. There's not the pattern of, of faith and there's not a pattern of love and joy and, and of grace. It, it's a different pattern. So let me bless you with what I believe is a faith-filled interpretation of James 2. It says there, of course, faith without works is dead. That word dead literally means it's a corpse. It's like a dead body there. Faith, your faith, without works, is just a corpse laying around. Okay? Now here's the word works slash deeds. 
I'm going to the, the Strong's, the Greek here in the original language. The word works, deeds, is the word ergon. Ergo is where it's originally, ergon. And it means this, that with which anyone is occupied. That with which you are occupied. That's your works, that's your deeds. That which occupies you, which you occupy. So do me a favor. Everybody look at me for a second. I want you... I want you to take the, your concept of work out of your brain for a minute. You know that feeling if you, have, if you work a Monday through Friday job, that Sunday night right around bedtime and you get that sense of dread, I have to go to work. Come on. We've all experienced that, right? That, I want you to take that concept of work and, and just set it aside for a minute, okay? Because I think that's where, works get, that where work gets its bad, bad uh, connotation. So take that out, all those negative connotations, and then, and then answer this question. What occupies you on a daily basis? What occupies your thoughts on a daily basis? What do you occupy? What are you preoccupied with? What do you preoccupy yourself with and invest your day in before you even get out of bed? You're preoccupied. What fills your thoughts? What occupies and fills your ears? What occupies and fills your daily routine? You will conform to whatever pattern occupies you. Bad company corrupts good character. Proverbs tells us, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. So, yeah, your friend group really matters. Your, your constant surroundings actually matter. Faith without works is dead. Faith without occupation is dead. It's just like a corpse. Faith, if, it do, if faith does not occupy your doings and comings and goings, it's dead. You're dragging around a corpse all day. I'll use this example. Some politicians, this is not a rant against politicians, but there have been some politicians who have purchased a home in a certain state or a certain county so that they could run for election in that state or that county. Yet, and they call it their primary residence, yet they don't actually live there. They live in Hawaii or wherever they happen to go most of the time. You would say that that house, though it's theirs, the deed is theirs, it is unoccupied. And so it's dead. It's nothing. It's a corpse. It's just a building. Yeah. You claim to have faith. You claim that Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that. Great. Even the demons do and they shake. But if it does not occupy your day, it means nothing except an empty house in a district you don't intend to dwell in. Faith without occupation is dead. So is the answer to run to our Tuesday food handout? No. In fact, if you feel guilty and you feel obligated to do it, stay away. This is coming from your pastor. Because it will only increase resentment in your life. So how, how do I let faith occupy? I'm going to get, there's lots of ways, but I want to give you one simple tool to transform into an occupied-based life of faith. Are you ready for this? This is good news. You want vibrant faith? Okay, I can stop. Do you want vibrant, life-filled faith surrounding you all day long? Bring faith to what you're already doing. Look at me. 
I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm not telling you to quit that football team because you're surrounded by bad people. Now, if the Lord tells you to do those things, you feel free, but I'm not telling you to do it. I am telling you to let faith occupy that station in your life. You've got to bring it with you. It has to be consciously in your, you have to, I'm bringing faith today. I'm bringing faith to my workplace. Anywhere you want to see faith increase, anywhere you want to see the patterns of God increase, you've got to bring faith there. Faith just doesn't happen in your marriage. You've got to consciously bring faith to it so that faith occupies your marriage, your parenting, your, your, uh, your friendship. You have to bring faith with you. Otherwise, you're claiming, like, yeah, is faith just an occupation that you do on Sundays, 10 a.m., and the pastor doesn't get done by whatever, you know, my faith capacity is done. <laughs> Many of us do that. Yeah. Or, or maybe we're really, really, really holy. And, and we read the Bible every day. And then I close it, compartmentalize, oh, that was a great faith-filled moment. And then I go to work where there's no faith. And I spend eight hours doing this with these people. And I come out weary, worn. I'm like, oh, God. I don't, and I, I'm, I'm doing and saying and acting things I don't even want, but there it is. Because I'm in this pattern. I'm being vibrated all day. I have to bring... This is what faith without works. Faith without occupation is dead. So if I can have faith here, I'm alive in these 10 minutes, these 30 minutes, this hour and a half on Sunday, but every other day, when I, when I interact with my friends, there's, there's zero faith. When I interact with my spouse, zero faith. Interact with my kids, I don't impose faith. When I interact with my parents, no faith. When I go to work, no faith. It's dead in those areas then. And you will see nothing good come. Nothing of the kingdom will manifest in the areas you have not brought the kingdom to. Because you've kicked him out of those areas. By your, maybe it's by your own just laziness or ignorance. And, and, and Listen, I'm going to give you a tool here and not just leave you with this. Because nobody wants faith without works. We want the frequency of the kingdom frequently in our lives. Right? Do you want the kingdom, the frequency of the kingdom in your job? Say Amen. Do you want it in your marriage? Say amen. amen. Do you want it in your parenting skills? Say amen. amen. Do you want it in your friendship skills? Amen. Do you want it with those you don't like? Amen. You can have it in all of those places so that it's a vibrant, rich, living, true faith where the kingdom manifests itself because the vibrations are happening all around you at all times. I've got good news. How do I impose faith on my works okay and again you're invited to our tuesday morning <laughs> sue's about to throw something at me no like like that, that's a good thing if you bring faith to it otherwise it means nothing so how do i bring faith to my occupation so that faith occupies everything good news I'm going to make it simple. There's lots of ways, but I'm going to give you one simple tool. Look at me. This is, you get this, take this. Add, look at me, add an unanswered prayer to every part of your life. Say thank you for the answered prayers, but you should have unanswered prayer. So that as I walk in, whatever it is, there's lots of things you can pray about. Right? So let me show you an example. Let's say I work at the grocery store. I'm on my way to work, and I walk through the doors, and I, I pray this as I walk through. Father, I ask for favor on me today. I ask, there's this person that I'm working with, and they're difficult. Would you give me favor with them? Would you get, or whatever prayer you want, get them good. No, <laughs> And then I stand on the word. Uh, Psalm 5.2 says this, Surely, Lord, you will bless the righteous. You will surround them with your favor as a shield. Oh, now what I've done is I've consciously brought faith into my work. So that now I have a prayer that is on my mind, on my thoughts, 
and I'm occupied with faith. You would say, I have works in there. So I'm not telling you to drop everything you do and move to Uganda and serve in an orphanage. But I am telling you, you, you bring faith to what you're already doing, and then you'll find something interesting happening. Like, you'll find the Lord's voice easy to hear in your workplace. Because you brought faith there. You brought faith to your marriage. Lord, this is what I'm asking. I, I want peace in this area. And so I just keep, I, I pray that I bring it in every conversation. I will start to hear the Lord more clearly. All of a sudden, it's not a corpse. It is life. It is alive. With faith, because it's vibrating to the kingdom frequency, and you will begin to match that frequency. And here's what will happen. So in this scripture, in, 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 in Timothy there, it says, wasn't Abraham even called, he, he was called righteous for what he did with Isaac? Well, why did he do that? Because he was listening. Like, it, if he would have just grabbed his kid and said, I'm going to go sacrifice this kid, we'd say, this guy's a psychopath. But he felt the Lord spoke to him. Why? Because he was vibing with the Lord in faith. He had added work. It works occupied his life. His, his, he put faith into raising his sheep. He put faith into his family, faith into his kids. So then when he said, now, Abraham, we want you to go to Uganda and serve in the orphanage. It was a yes, not a, oh, if I don't do this, am I going to be hated? I'm vibing with the Lord. I'm on his frequency. And so I am, not, I am not telling you that any of those kind of serving things are bad. They're great, they're good, they're wonderful. But you need to be bringing faith to them or be called to do them. Otherwise, like here's what happens. You feel guilty all the time. We get somebody to stand up here. Let's say they're from YWAM. And we love our YWAMers, by the way. Thank you. And, and they're like, we went and we did this. And it was amazing. And you're sitting there like this. I'm so terrible. I'm, the, I'm worthless. I've never done anything like that. I just go to work every day. And you just feel, oh, listen. Like, I sit here and I listen to other people's testimonies and I feel, I don't feel guilt. I don't feel guilt when I, oh, that person was, they gave their life to serving the poor. Great! That, if that's what God called them to do, that's amazing! But I am on, I'm going to follow the frequency that God, I'm bringing faith to what I do so that I, I don't have to feel guilty about what I don't do. Some of you, that's a bigger revelation. Bring faith to what you do so you won't feel guilty about what you don't do. Because you're not called to do everything. Many preachers would take that chapter and beat you over the head with it to get you to get out there and do stuff. I'm asking you to get out there and occupy faith in what you do. And you'll see greater things than these happen. And when you share a testimony, it won't be, it won't be a self-sacrifice. Oh, it was, it'll be a wow. And like God did all this. And I was just being obedient. And that's all that Abraham did was obey. And that's where his righteousness came from. Faith without works, without occupation, is dead. Fill your life. What, what occupies your thoughts? Let the Lord occupy them. What occupies your comings and goings? Frequently beyond the frequency of the Holy Spirit. And that is faith, as we've talked about. I want to end with one more thing. This word ergon, this word for works, Jesus uses it in one of his parables as well. Um, he's he it's called the parable of the ten minus, Right? Uh, and here's another one of those parables that you can feel real guilty about if you're, if you're not interpreting it through faith. He, he tells this parable about, about uh, a, a king. He, was, he, sent, he gave his servants minus, and he, he told them to go out. He's like, I'm going to go away. I'm going to give you all a, a mina, one mina. A mina is, let's just call it one dollar bill. My bestest dollar bill, right? One dollar bill. He's like, and he says this. Let me get to the right scripture. In the NIV, it says, uh, it says I don't want to miss it. He says, so he says this to them. Put this money to work until I come. King James, I like how the K KJV puts it. It says this. In the KJV, it says, uh, occupy until I come. Same verse, different translation. 
The word is Aragon. So the king gives them all a dollar, and he says, use this to occupy until I come. Okay? Of course, he goes away for a long time. He comes back, and he comes, and he settles accounts with these guys. He goes to the first guy, and he, and, and, and he asks, okay, I wanna make, you want to make an account for the Aragon that you've done with the dollar bill? And he says, hey, I earned 10 more dollar bills with the one dollar. And, and, and the king says to him, well done, faithful servant. You, uh, you've been faithful with, with these things, so I will give you 10 cities to rule over. Next guy, he's like, what did you do with your dollar bill? He's like, I earned five more. And he's like, just as excited, way to go. Five cities you're going to get to rule over. Excellent. He comes to the last guy. What did you do with your bestest dollar bill? And the guy responds this way. This is in Luke 19, verse 21. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. Essentially, he said this, I didn't understand your economics, so I held on to it. I was afraid, and so I wrapped it up, and I buried it, and I hid it, so that at least you'd have that when you get back. Jesus replies, or the, in the parable, the king replies, I tell you, uh, well, he, he tells them to take that away from him, give it to the guy with 10. So the guy with 10 now gets 11, way to go. And this is Jesus' teaching about this. He says this, I tell you that everyone who has will be given more. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Tanner, I'm going to give this to you as an assignment. In the Greek, the word has there. To everyone who has, more will be given. The word is echo. The, the Greek word is echo. And it means to have and hold, like marriage, till death do us part. To hold on to. Whoever who has, holds on to be faithful with. And I will translate it this way for you. To whoever is faith-filled with what they have. To be faithful, to be faith-filled, to believe more will be given. Faith always increases when it's faith-filled. It's the natural resonance of creation is faith. You add faith. Add faith to the little or lot that you've been given. You need to occupy it with faith. And the natural resonance of that will increase it in your life. The natural resonance of that will bless those around you. You want to see the kingdom come. You want to see those around you saved. You must bring faith into your daily walk. That's the good vibration that changes the world. So yes, go feed the poor. Go do all of those things. They're wonderful. But if, you can't, if you're not doing it in faith, you better take a Sabbath rest and look at it hard. Because you must bring faith to what you to see good things increase and resonate in your life. I want the worship team to come up for one one more song. How do we increase our faith? Through hearing. And hearing the good news of Jesus. Romans 10 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. I want to sing, Great Are You, Lord, if we could, as a confession in our life. And I don't want you to compartmentalize this moment to this Sunday morning. As you sing this, I want you to sing it over every area of your life. So I want you to consciously bring your job, workplace, daily routine, and think about it, and, and, and sing over it, Great Are You, Lord. Let the frequency of the Spirit. You're having difficulties with, with, with your kids. I want you to bring your parenting skills and abilities into that. Sing, great are you, Lord, over it. Difficulty in your marriage, bring it into the Lord and sing over it. Great are you, Lord. I can't go down the list of everything because everybody's daily life and routine is a little different. But you know where it is that you've compartmentalized and faith isn't there. And we're going to add faith today. 
And as you come up with prayer requests in there, write them down. Make it a daily habit. So if you'll stand with me. Sing in faith. You give light. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is Yeah, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Great are you, Lord. You are so great. We just acknowledge that this morning, God. You are so great. Jesus, Jesus. We just acknowledge that this morning. Can we just go back into that? Great are you, Lord. Let that occupy us in this moment. Don't be occupied by anything else but the fact that God is so good, that our Lord is so great. Let that occupy everything in us in this moment as we just sing that again.
Yeah, Jesus, we thank you for this morning, God. Yeah, we thank you for that message, Jesus, that encouraging message, God. I pray that that in our lives, in our hearts, that we would, God, give you all that we have, that in every moment, um, everything we do, every aspect of our life, we would bring you with us. And that wouldn't, wouldn't, we wouldn't just bring you with us, God, but we would be led by you, that you would occupy everything, but it wouldn't be an afterthought. It would be the foremost thing of of our life, like of our day-to-day, that we would walk in saying, man, God, you have this space. Jesus, you have this space. Faith occupies this space. God, I just pray that you would make that change in our hearts this morning, that it wouldn't just be a tomorrow thing or a this week thing, but that it would carry with us that everywhere we go, we wouldn't be able to help but having the Spirit of God occupy every single aspect of our lives, God. We just give you, God. If there's aspects in our lives that we need to give to you, that we need to claim that God occupies, we just do that this morning. We say, God, have this space, have this area, have this thing in my life that we take everything else. We take maybe the the spots that we've given in our heart and our mind that we've given the world. We've allowed the world to come in. We've allowed other mindsets, other beliefs to come in, God. We say we, we rebuke those and we give you full occupancy of our hearts and our minds this morning, God. Yeah, we just pray those things in Jesus' name. In the name of, in the name of Jesus, occupy everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm supposed to dismiss you. Uh, the worship team's about to start going again. Uh, I can feel it. Um, but I'm going to officially dismiss you. I'm going to be listening to that message again. That was a powerful message. I encourage you to go give it another listen. There's a lot to unpack. But let's walk with Jesus. Let him occupy everything that we do, that our faith would be alive and active because we're allowing Jesus to be alive and active in every part of our day. Uh, I want to remind that there is a meeting in the fireside room for everyone who is volunteering with the outreach after church. Um, I think it'll be in about 15 minutes back there in the fireside room. Uh, You are officially dismissed, and if you would like to continue to worship, feel free to continue to worship.
We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.